welcome back to another episode of What About That? My name's Adair, and with the help of my friend Jen, we'll be going over Winona Earp, episode 205, Let's Pretend We're Strangers. So sit back, relax, and ask yourself, hey, what about that? All right, so this episode <laughs> was pretty, pretty good. Um, hey guys, welcome back to this show. Um, you know, sorry for the late upload. Got a little sicky poo, you know, life happens, but we're bringing it to you now going through our, um, you know, discussion on let's pretend we're strangers. Episode 205. Jin, how you feeling about it? Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I felt like there were so many elements that made it great. Uh, this week we are brought right into the episode with uh, Brotherhood and of Arms, these uh, firemen dressed in dressed in black bubonic plague mask, and they're basically dramatically taking the head of a man who seemingly is infected by black goo. Oh. And and these and these firemen are we're seeing them for the first time. The main fire captain, his name is Ewan. What do you think of that guy? Ewan's awesome. Um, played by Brendan Fuhrer. I really like his presence. Um, it's that menacing, but at the same time, you understand he's a leader. Um, the th- cool thing about firefighters, you know, in a lot of shows, they either could be the bad guy, they could be that kind of like, you know, good bad guy. It's like, ooh, you're hot, but you're bad. You know, that kind of thing, which is right up Winona's alley um, in this show. And he gave that presence. He didn't feel like he was too helpful. He didn't feel like he was super villainy. I think it's really cool that they got that kind of blend down. What I what I thought was fa- what I really liked about these firemen is that we talked about Winona existing below the plane of the pedestrian in this demon hunting world. These firemen are in the world of the pedestrian world of purgatory. And what we fa- what we discovered as an audience was that they were aware of this growing threat and that they in themselves have been taking it upon themselves to kind of deal with it their order does and we discussed last week um it was brought to our attention by neely that he was aware of what's going on that's out on in the town in the possessions and demons and what we're learning is that the town is actually much more aware than we originally thought they were and i thought that was great and i also thought the firemen they knew something they, they had information that our team of superheroes, Winona and her crew, didn't actually have till much later until this episode. You know, yeah. So I thought that was really just, I love the, that perspective of Winona coming, discovering something new and people already knowing it. Yeah, um, I definitely understand that. I think it's actually really cool, too, that they made them the villain of the week. That's not really the villain. I like this kind of frenemy setup that they have going on. Um, I think that it is cool that I actually, now that I think about it, I find it fascinating in the episode, even though, you know, it's pretty brief, Jeremy tells us that black badge is now missing and we have now been introduced to a new sector of men and a group who has the ability to fight the same kind of powers. We have a new group coming in. So I actually just realized that, you know, they ushered one out to bring one in. And I, I think that's actually going to be very telling uh, later in the episodes. Right. And we learned about, we learned a little bit more about what the overarching threat for the season is, which is this goo. And what we learned was that it has the capacity to infect or to possess 
multiple people. It's not just Waverly or Winona who are just transferring this thing. Other people can get it. Yeah. So that yeah. was a huge point that we discovered. I think it's kind of cool because, um, like, Lakato, she unfortunately had the mishap of, you know, being summoned by the goo. Waverly said she heard a, you know, it was a perfect black pool and she was summoned to it. She was called to it. And Lakato, the same thing when they were trying to figure it out in the office. You know, she got summoned to it and she touched it. And, and the guy in the beginning, he touched it. And it's this transferable parasite, you know, and I think that's kind of wild in its own. And I also like the fact that the Brotherhood, um, being an ancient kind of group as well, like they go back in the history, you know, it's this kind of Mason type feel. And I think that Juan Carlo or JC, his involvement of trying to tie all this together, you know, we have a guy who disappears out of nowhere, but seems to know things. The fact that he is on our Scooby's team's uh, side is really interesting. Hey, you need to save Winona because this brotherhood, their job is to make sure this goo doesn't get any further. That's their job, you know? And, and like you said, they have more knowledge than the group does. I like that Winona even says, Oh, you're here to protect the River Triangle. Well, where you been at? You know, <laughs> we, we've been here a season, haven't seen you. So I thought that was actually um, really and, and, cool. and we and, and we discovered also that they were responsible for eradicating the black goo. Um, oh no, black black badge was responsible for eradicating black goo, so there was no leftover specimen. So and and I thought that was. I thought that was another piece of information we were given that we have yet to receive. Also, Agent Lucado, she was kind of our learning curve, you know? We didn't know other people could be infected by this goo in that way. We now know the goo operates like a siren. So that, unfortunately, she was short for this world. But, <laughs> short for this. <laughs> but we learned something. That was fabulous. <laughs> right, that was a great, great way to go out can i just say you I mean, if you're gonna go more. out if you're gonna go out go out with your head exploding like it was very <laughs> and it was very like old school aliens like it really reminded me of like that nice perfect like that was perfect sci-fi channel for me like just the right amount of cgi and gross and practical like application like it really did feel like they just had a fake head they put it on a timer, they set the camera back outside the office, and they exploded it like we're on Mythbusters. I thought that was like, <laughs> I thought that was all, pretty all awesome. The, all the, this week's bu bu budget went into heads. Head, head <laughs> heads head will roll, heads rolling and heads exploding. I thought it was great. Um, okay, so let's get into really the, you know, the other group of our, you know, our cast of bandits you know we have winona just good morning opening the window gunona if you will and making this disgusting ass smoothie you know emily really nailed it with the gross factor in this uh episode we thought spider eating and lipstick chewing was gross i mean you know right up there with the incest we have a rat smoothie <laughs> like, this season has so much to offer just so, i think so I think what talk. I think what like was the eel factor was the tail after the blendage. You know what I mean? The yeah, tail coming out with his like half the booty still like attached to the tail. Oh. It's just like it's a mess. Mind you, we live in New York, so like we see rats all yeah. the time, and nobody wants that in their in their shake. But let me nobody just tell wants you, that. those are probably even healthier rats than in New York. So like I just I don't have time. Uh, <laughs> but like watching that and watching the interaction between. Uh, 
uh, Gunona and Waverly was really, really interesting. Um, you know, bravo, this whole episode, I can say it multiple times, to Melanie and the slight shifts between Gunona and, uh, and Winona, you know? It's like that she's mocking and smiling and being this kind of cheeky uh, nymph almost and then you see the pain of like i'm trying to fight it i'm so sorry i'm trying I'm trying and then she gets sucked back in and that is just really really fantastic acting and going to a place of being kind of in that bipolar you know back and forth state which probably after we learned that melanie's pregnant now was probably easier being bipolar <laughs> really going back from you know different hormone <laughs> phases you know it's probably actually was something she could draw on uh within that acting i thought that was really great i thought that uh the goo version of winona was a lot more vicious than the goo ver version of uh waverly you could really see that it took her a lot quicker than it did waverly and that was a point that I, I I found really interesting was that we that was another thing we learned this episode was uh, Waverly and her ability to hold off the the effect of the parasite much longer than Winona because we got a vicious Winona it wasn't Waverly as the goo Waverly she was like she was underhanded she lied she was sneaky she was eating metal goo Winona was just flat out vicious she, she just said mean things she I, I was more concerned that she would do something physically violent to waverly and they they did bring us to that point so it was interesting seeing how this thing affected the worst parts of those characters yeah i thought yeah exactly and it really was cool to see the dichotomy of how the goo plays on their dark side you know it does show that, you know, Winona's more open about her dark side. She doesn't have any qualms about the fact that she's not the perfect egg, you know, and Waverly, who tends to be the perfect egg, to be acting out was kind of interesting. Like, it was the, her first taste of being kind of like Winona in that negative way, and Winona's more, you know, that goo was really reaching in the inner depth. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Waverly in the chair and getting around to dolls and dolls coming and going, hey, I, you're the goo. And she's like, you a little late, bro. Already done been passed on, you know? And I thought that was really cute. I thought that whole interaction was nice. You know, he had to check to make sure that she was really waverly by asking, what's your favorite food? And, he, you know, she answers and he goes, no, what's your real favorite food? So like the fact that they've had this conversation about their favorite, favorite foods, <laughs> I think is very adorable. You know, it's I thought that, that was super brother, sister. It adorable. really, yeah. it really was, you know, and I think that that is just so precious and it really shows how close Dolls has gotten to that family and how much he's opened up to have a conversation as silly as what's your favorite, favorite food, you know? And it kind of shows a cool, you know, difference between Doc's relationship with Waverly and and Dolls. Dolls and when uh, Waverly seem very brother, sister, you know, uh, you know, big bro, little sis, kind of, you know, that thing. Doc seems more like an old friend. Like, I feel like Doc and Waverly are very similar in a lot of ways and it's almost like Waverly's like the beginning how maybe Doc was when he was young you know mm, yeah, and that's interesting and I feel like Waverly if she had 
eternal life and had seen some of the stuff, she, she'll be just as kind of snarky, but wise, yet kind and gentle like Doc is, you know? So I, I don't know, I see a lot of similarities between those two characters. And so I just like the, the fact that Dolls and Waverly are just kind of a little bit more of a younger energy and not so old soul feeling. Um, and just that whole moment was adorable and I, that's really showcased it for me. Right, and you know, uh, so the Winona as this possessed entity goes with Doc and they go to the firehouse to investigate for Agent Lucado. And it was fabulous to see that because we see this uh, possessed Winona, right? And she's, she's, she's doing all these erratic things with Doc and in the moment, you know, it's really Doc on his own who deciphers that something is wrong with her. You know what I mean? What'd yeah. you think of that scene? Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, I actually really like the fact that in the show, they are good at cutting to the next thing fairly well. Like, it's not really random, but it's always random. Like. After the, you know, Waverly and Dolls issue, then we have Dolls and Lakato fighting so that Waverly can tell them to stop fighting so we can save Winona. And then we go into this Winona, you know, to see Winona being a hot mess. And I like those smooth transitions of that because then we get to that firehouse and we're like, oh, she's going to create some havoc, you know? And Especially and under the influence of that parasite. Yeah. Exactly. And... A few things, okay. I love the fact that Doc knows Winona well enough to know something's up, but he's also a poker player. He knows how to keep his face straight. Everybody, kind of when you watch the episode, it seems like he realizes it's not Winona after they have coffee and all the other stuff after the firehouse. I think he figured it out before that, um, and he was just playing it cool, trying to figure out something because once again, he's a gunslinger. He knows not to leave his house without his gun. He knows that Winona's had that strapped to her leg. So as soon as she's leaving the house without a freaking gun on her, the peacemaker out of all guns, he's like, oh, something's up. So I like the fact that he kind of just let it happen. Also, I like the fact that the Brotherhood can tell when someone has that particular goo inside of them. Their fraction is to deal with that goo. So the fact that when she kind of snarked off, he instantly goes, she's infested. Like she, she has it, you know? And I was like, that's really, was really kind of telling. I, I thought that was one thing I would like to see how it, it gets explained in later episodes. That was a question I had immediately as soon as I saw that line was how does Ewen have the ability to tell who and who isn't uh, affected? What, what, what is his secret ability or how does he decide that, decipher it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he didn't know Winona and he didn't know anything about the situation, but he just knew. Well, he and does so know Winona, but she doesn't know him, you know? He knows the Earps, like, you know, it's part of that jab of like, oh, well, you're not the real Earp heir. He was talking about Willa. He's like, well, I had to kill her because turn, come to find out, Willa was the first person to have that goo inside of her and that's why she was acting the way she was acting. So if they would have known it was that goo they could have saved her earlier so i found that really fascinating as well i really enjoyed that dig he made and i and I, it, w it was such an assholeish dig towards winona it was probably my second favorite dig of the whole episode and i liked the contention that they got off to 
like off to the wrong start. I liked I liked that he was constantly working out. <laughs> you know, the the firemen are just constantly working out. They reminded me kind of like a fraternity of frat boys in college. A little bit, a little bit more responsible, but yeah. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And yeah, you wanted to talk about um, real quick the kind of triangle between Doc and Dolls. And yeah, when... you know, I feel like we've been away so long from Dolls this season. We barely really got him back into the episodes uh, last episode. And I and I myself was like, you know, who is this man? What's his place in the protagonist's life? And I felt like it's starting. I'm starting to really appreciate his, this character so much more, especially in this episode. You can really see that he's a man of action. He's a man who, as soon as he finds out something's wrong with Winona, is going to take dire action. And I feel like it pertains to dolls, you know. Dolls, to me, reminds me almost of a male version of Winona. They're both kind of snarky. They're both jaded. They're both a shoot-first mentality, you know? And I'm going to go on ahead and, like... Uh, and so, uh, to me, I think they make a lot of romantic sense because they can just get each other because their first instinct is almost the same whenever they're in any form of danger. And they're both the first to, like, go to a dark place, embrace the darkness within them, rather than to... Um, Rather, that's their first, that's their means of how they approach a problem. So I'm going to, that's, that's my thought in terms of dolls and this love triangle and pertains to, um, and pertains to Winona. I'm going to let you speak to Doc because he's the other male voice in this. And why should he win the heart of Winona? Um, Adair. Well, you were saying, uh, with, uh, you know, with Doc, I find there's a compassion and a, a learning curve, you know. Everybody says with a, a couple, you want to be able to become better and grow and learn. You know, the guy is undead, uh, not undead, I'm sorry, um, just eternally living at the moment. And I think that he brings a lot of wisdom and a lot of balance. Like I said, he reminds me of a very old, eternal Waverly, just a male version. And I think that we see Winona work so well and learn from Waverly in so many ways, I think she learns the same way with Doc. You know, I, I think that um, their kind of love and care for each other is more visceral and more like on a deeper level than just, um, oh, you're hot or, oh, it's, you know, animalistic like Dolls is, you know. Um, I think that... Uh, within regards to um, the romance and everything, you know, um, Doc Holliday was Wyatt's best friend. Like, he thought they were brothers. He already had this, you know, deep kindred spirit connection with Wyatt. And so it just kind of goes to show that there's going to be that same kind of connection in some facet with Winona, you know, whether he knew it or not. And I think that's, that's actually really kind of cool. Yeah, and now and and now to add to the the triangle, we can have a square with Ewin being the asshole, just being thrown in the asshole with the great oh, abs. I think that both Doc and Dolls need a little competition and a little bit of something going on. Now that we you know have this new Winona with her pregnancies and craziness, I think it'll be really fascinating to see these men orbit her, you know. And it's that they kind of set it up. I mean. Uh, Melanie has 
chemistry with literally everything. So I think it's gonna be really fascinating to see that dynamic, to see how the fraction of the brotherhood comes into that and everything like that. I think it'll be hilarious. Um, give me a little, uh, you know, side talk about something completely different. I wanna give a shout out to uh, Gerald Packer, who's the cinematographer of this season so far. Man, some of the visuals in this show are just so beautiful because it's done in Canada. We have this Western feel, a lot of this, and they like to, you know, film in the wintertime. The snow and the angles are just so beautiful. Like the gardener house, seeing it just like isolated on this cloud, almost like a mist of snow is always so beautiful. And you know, Doc's red car that he got, which is like super cute as opposed to that ugly ass pink one he had. Um, you know, that hot red to the background of the white and then Doc's new kind of blue color palette in his wardrobe and stuff it looks so good. And I think, they're just really making some great moments. Even seeing the faction, like when they were leaving, after they're like, it is done, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, watching them walk away, all that stuff is just so, there's just a really nice eye that he has uh, this particular season. Um, it was a different cinematographer, I do believe, last uh, season, which was lovely as well. But this one, man, they're going for those real nice long shots, you know. And I, ju I just really appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to that because it's just something that's like eye porn that we don't even, you know, it's just like for our visual synapses to fire on. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I would like to say I really appreciated costuming in this episode. Doc and the addition of jeans, very, very sexy. Uh, I also really appreciate, I loved the bubonic plague mask. They used to put pollen, pollen in the front of the nose of that plague mask because it was believed that if you inhaled, you, if you that the, the disease was airborne, and if you inhaled, you could get like the uh, smallpox. Yeah, and that's where we get uh, Ring Around the Rosies and all that stuff, that uh, little nursery rhyme and all that. It's the creepiest thing, and I love the addition of that, and I like that they had the really good job on the costume there. It also, this has nothing to do with that, but it also kind of reminds me of uh, Beetlejuice with the long nose and, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that the big eyes, yeah. and that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, all right, so going on to Nicole and her storyline, which is, thank you, just, I just love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for writing a character who, yes, she turned out to be the love interest, and then guess what? She has a freaking life. I love the fact that this poor, poor officer, A, can we just talk about her outfit? Mazel top to the new costume change. Love it. <laughs> um, Only I just wish they'd bring the hat back. <laughs> true. Can we get a black Stetson? That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, Black Stetson. Or even a brown one. I don't like, you know, I'm not choosy. Anyway. Doc has a hat. You know, she should have a hat. There should be two hats in this household. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I really like the fact that Nicole is on this journey. She, I don't even realize, I don't think she realizes that she's on a journey for herself. Yeah, she's all about Wynonna, I mean, Wynonna and Waverly and all the other stuff, but man, not only does she get knocked through glass every episode, <laughs> poor child, <laughs> you know, uh, she's going through an emotional journey that I think is so nuanced, but like awesome. Her and Winona's relationship is so fun and jacked up all at the same time. To love the same person and care about them, to have met as, for the most part, friends or acquaintances, before you started dating, you know, uh, this uh, sibling, 
And then when you're dating, like, still have this weird contention. Like, there's really no reason for Winona to dislike Nicole other than, like, maybe she's too happy or, like, maybe she's too friendly or too, as she says, Miss Percy or whatever, you know. But it's, I don't know. I just really like that their thing. I, I, what I like about these two women in their contention, I really love the conflict between them. I love that it's become snippy and almost to the point of just way mean and unnecessary. But what I like is that when they insult each other, we as an audience learn something new about that character. We see the character through a new perspective. So it's like when, you know, like no, uh, Winona, she thinks Nicole is uppity and, you know, self-righteous. And Nicole, she thinks Winona is an alcoholic and bitter in a way. And it's getting kind of, it's become a little bit, it's getting uglier each week. And I really love that because it creates such conflict for Waverly, Winona, Nicole. It's just a conflict ball and we just get to watch it being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, yeah, I like the fact that, um... Like you said, it is getting a little meaner. You know, there's a few jabs here and there in the beginning that were like, you know, underhanded. Oh, you are just mad because you're in Black Badge. What? You know, oh, um, you know, even in the beginning, she's like, oh, I slept with Doc Holliday. You're surprised? Like, you know, and it's just like there's always something that Nicole, being silent, has observed. Having that line where she's like, you know, I really don't like you when you drink before 12 and you drink before 12 all the time. Like, so pretty much like she never likes her attitude, you know? And she, Nicole always has a way to come back at Winona, which I find fascinating. Yes, Winona could be like, you're snippy. She's like, well, you're an alcoholic. You know, you're a freaking princess. She's like, well, you're a pain in my ass. Like there's always going to be that because let's be honest, if Nicole and Winona were in the same class, they wouldn't talk to each other, you know? Chances are Winona would probably torture Nicole, <laughs> you know, because it'd be fun and easy. The thing is, Nicole has a bigger backbone than I think Winona gives her credit for. I, I, I just think it's I, exactly. And also, I agree with everything you said right now. I, I think it was great. And actually, I feel like to speak further to that, I, I just I think they're so smart to create this conflict in the show and it reminds me of like it reminds me a little bit of Supergirl and what they were doing with Maggie and Kara but it's just here it's done so much more better and it's such a slower draw that I can't wait to see where this goes exactly and you know in this episode it really does show Nicole's insecurities about their relationship with her relationship with uh, Waverly and I think the confidence that we saw in season one and you know she's like hitting on this girl and very confidence comes because Nicole is confident in herself but when it comes to another person it's a little tricky you know she is confident that Waverly likes her she's confident that she likes Waverly but she's not really confident that Waverly might want to forever choose Nicole you know her biggest thing was always oh I don't want you to be something you're not I don't want you to act like uh, something you don't want to be you know I want you to be you and so she's not, just to ask you a question, she's not confident in the longevity of the relationship. Not necessarily that. I think it's, right now, she's not confident in where Waverly is in finding herself in her journey. Waverly doesn't know if she's an Earth. Waverly's this new, out, kind of bisexual girl. She, first relationship with a woman. Everything's so new. And uh, for the record, they've only been dating for about two months. So everything's so new that Nicole's like, I'm confident in me, but 
you know, Gooverly was acting up, Winona's saying snarky things. It's putting a lot of doubt in her mind that I don't think she had to begin with. But now she's starting to get through all these other things, you know? And I think that that's going to be a journey for her to figure out, you know, can she trust everything solidly? Are her feelings real and blah, blah, blah. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, when are they going to say I love you to each other? I love you. Because, you know, Waverly said she loves her in the very, you know, last season. And Nicole, you know, alludes to it. Winona goes, you guys love each other. Why don't you save her? And, you know, you love her, save her. But they haven't said it to each other. So everybody else knows that's the case. Um, but they need to figure it out. And I think that's the journey we're on. Um, they're just in the middle of figuring it out, you know. And I'm just really kind of ready for Nicole to stop being pushed through glass and knocked over and... Because I feel like she's kind of like the punching bag right now. The unnecessary punching bag, that's kind of necessary. Like, I don't mind her getting pushed around and toughened up. That's what it feels like they're doing to Nicole. It feels like they're toughening her up. Waverly had the goo. Waverly has the sister issues. Waverly might not be an herb. She has a lot of stuff that's going to harden her as a person. Nicole doesn't. She couldn't get in black badge. That was like about the only thing that's a bummer to her life. So right now I feel like a lot of the jabs and insecurities are going to toughen her up on purpose. Or they're going to cause her to unravel. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? And I do believe a long time ago, uh, Kate had said in an interview, like, you know, we haven't seen Nicole lose it yet. You know, and what does that look like? What does that mean? Nicole losing it, is it because Nicole was under attack or is she going to lose it because, let's say, Waverly's under attack? I think we're going to find a lot of that breaking point with the Gardner storyline and Tucker. I think that Nicole's breaking point and her anger is going to be showcased full effect with Tucker. I think she's really being toughened up for that moment. That's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, you know, I really agree with all of that. I just want to speak to the uh, Waverly and Winona and that last scene yeah. that we saw. Um, you had a lovely point you brought up. Oh, yeah, the, um, the very end. I like the fact that the goo chose, well, not the goo chose, but Waverly was kind of chosen to be the first one to know about um, Winona's pregnancy. I think that it just kind of showcases the uh, the bond between them and how important each other is to one another. Um, the fact that, you know, Waverly's like, it talked. The fact that the goo was talking to Winona, I mean, I'm sorry, Waverly, when she was inside of it again. And I think that was really kind of interesting that it was like, hey, she was too crowded and blah, blah, blah. Like they had a conversation. She was able to remember that, you know, and that also showcase Waverly's strength. And when she shows up with the bag and, you know, she's so supportive and she's there, it was so, so strong. And it was such a great connection. It was very reminiscent. And a lot of people said, you know, of Frozen, even though people were kind of mimicking like, oh, it's Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? I thought it was so perfect because even in that movie, as much as we can't stand it, it showcased two powerfully connected sisters who were there for each other in their darkest time. You know, it was that showing of the little sister looking up to the big sister going, I am always here, I've got your back, you're not alone, you're gonna be fine, we're gonna get through this together, don't shut me out. You know, and that 
complete, um, you know, it, it, I, I think it's almost like a frame by frame and the same idea of like, you can see Frozen and then door to door, you can see Winona and it just really hit home in that same place, at least for me. I thought that it was really, uh, I thought it was great to end the, the entire episode with the women and the, the revelation that Winona is in fact pregnant just opened all sorts of questions and it kind of it, it kind of imploded everything else in the episode it was like it was such a huge discovery that almost everything else became um just not as not as a big deal yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it, it, it just like it was like a giant explosion at the very end and then i'm like oh we have a crater what? and so and, and it made me really rethink it. And I was like, well, you know, what if, you know, you have this awesome love triangle and, you know, the big question is who the baby daddy is. And that's going to probably be like on all of our minds well, for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> who's the baby daddy? Is it a human baby? How'd you get pregnant? Who's you fucking? Like, what's going on? You know? And wait, wait, I dare, I dare question right now. Who's the baby daddy for you in your brain at this moment? Who's the baby daddy? I think it's not Doc or Dolls. To be honest. I'm gonna throw the missile, the crater in. Okay, this is my thought on who it is. Bobo. That's so random. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like that's what this show does. It takes the furthest thought you could possibly have and make it a reality. No, so, the furthest thought would be JC or Juan Carlos baby. That's yeah. okay. I would say I'd love it to be a doc baby because I love that emotional support. But also I'm kinda of weirded out by once again Doc being this older, old ass guy who knew her great great grandfather is thinking of his great great well, best friend. Yeah, we're we've yeah, ah! exactly. And I know well I know it's not dolls because even the goose says he hasn't been he hasn't seen her naked. He hasn't, he hasn't been with her. So um, it's gonna be either Doc or something else. So we gonna find out. Um, I thought this was a great episode. Um, you know, I'm so excited we finally got to talk about it and just bring it to light. So uh, what do you guys think out there? You know, let us know. How'd you really react to it? Are you excited for tomorrow and, you know, the upcoming uh, episodes? You know, we're halfway done uh, after tomorrow, you know, and it's exciting. And, oh, real quick, I just wanted to say kudos to the Sci-Fi Channel and um, this particular production company. You know, when Melanie came up and said, hey, look, I'm pregnant. I am expecting and I'm terrified. Oh my God, don't fire me. You know, the fact that they were on board and said, yeah, let's go with this storyline. Let's make our lead character, this lead actress um, who is pregnant. Let's make, let's not hide her behind bags and hide her behind, um, you know, a bunch of jackets necessarily. Let's put her up there. She's going to be pregnant. And so the rest of this episode, the season, we see her pregnant. It's not a matter of like we're hiding Winona's pregnancy. No, we're going to see it. And I think that is so strong as a network and as an actress, it's like, thank you. You know, if somebody gets knocked up, it's not the end of their career. And I think that is so awesome because that is a real fear as a female actress. You know, you don't want to get pregnant. You don't want to get, you know, something too early. You have to always plan around a family and a family's not always planable. So I really, really, really just think it's absolutely fantastic if we did that. So if you guys want to discuss that and talk to us, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is whatabout underscore dat. Jen? Uh, yeah, we just recorded an extra little bonus feature uh, where if you like talking about ships and you want to talk ships with us, we have a sub podcast coming out, Way Hot, Way Hot and Sandverse, 
you want to hear that, hear us talk about that for an extended period of time, tune in. That should be debuting this week. Actually, it's uh, already out on our iTunes, so make sure you guys check that out. Our link will be below. Um, and on SoundCloud. So if you want to hear that uh, ahead of time, uh, the YouTube video will be out probably later uh, tonight or tomorrow. So hope you guys have a great one. Yes. Be sure to put us in your ears. Yes, yes, yes. iTunes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.